Hello, gas passers. Welcome to a special episode of the NABAS podcast, where our goal is to help veterinary professionals and caregivers advance and improve the safe administration of anesthesia and analgesia to all animals. September has been designated by the International Veterinary Academy of Pain Management, or IVAPAM for short, as Animal Pain Awareness Month. And in honor of this important event, we are releasing a special mini episode as a little taste of a larger and more comprehensive episode we plan on bringing to all of you later on in the month. For this shorter episode, we are going to be speaking with the president-elect of IVAPAM, Dr. Tammy Grubb. She is a world-renowned expert for her knowledge in pain management in companion animals. We have an entire episode coming up with Dr. Grubb about pain recognition, but in this shorter episode, we are going to focus on a powerful class of drugs that provides profound pain relief for our four-legged friends, local anesthetics. We haven't had an episode on local anesthetics yet on this podcast, so I'm really excited to introduce this topic with this particular guest. In our conversation, Dr. Grubb confessed to me that she is a huge fan of local anesthetics, and I wanted to hear her opinion about a specific local anesthetic drug called Noceta. This local anesthetic agent has been out in the market for a few years now, and I wanted her to explain more about how the drug works. And I wanted to get her hot take on some of the unique and, dare I say, off-label uses of this newer local anesthetic agent. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this condensed but informative discussion on Noceta with Dr. Tammy Grubb right here on the NABAS podcast. I want to talk about Noceta. It's a drug that has been out there for a little while, and I know you are somebody who is a strong advocate for Noceta. For our listeners, what is Noceta and how is it licensed to be used currently? Noceta is liposome encapsulated bupivacaine. So we all know and love bupivacaine. And now by putting it in little liposomes, it becomes a long-duration drug because those liposomes degrade after they're injected into the tissue. They degrade over 72 hours, releasing little bits of bupivacaine right wherever you injected those liposomes for that 72 hours. So we get this long duration of analgesia from a drug that we know, bupivacaine. You ask me what it's licensed to be used for. It's licensed to be used for injection into an incision in dogs or peripheral nerve blocks in cats, specifically the peripheral nerve block for desensitizing the paw. Right. So are there any benefits of using Noceta over a traditional nerve block with a local anesthetic? So for example, a line block with just like regular bupivacaine as opposed to using Noceta? Absolutely. That long duration is almost miraculous. And I think as we see newer drugs being developed, whether it's acute or chronic pain, 
one thing we're seeing is the development of more longer duration drugs so that we can be more consistent with treating that post-operative pain or that chronic pain and also decrease the caregiver burden. If we give a longer duration drug, then that means there's less for that pet parent to have to do at home, which means there's better compliance because we did it. So that long duration to me is huge. And not only do we get this longer duration analgesia, but because it's a local anesthetic, again, it has such a power to decrease the amount of pain that's getting to the central nervous system where wind up or central sensitization occurs and where the affective components of pain occur. We have a decrease in that. We also have a decrease in the need for drugs like opioids that can cause some, the opioids are great and they're great pain relievers, but of course they can also cause nausea and vomiting and constipation if we keep giving them. And we don't like to send a lot of opioids home with owners to give because, pet parents to give because they're controlled drugs. And so we get fewer adverse effects, again, decreased caregiver burden. And also what we're seeing is quicker discharge from the hospital. And again, because either they're not getting a big dose of opioids, so they go home, you know, they're awake faster, they're not nauseous, they're ready to go home, or because they don't need constant rate infusion, so they don't need to stay in the hospital for more infusions. Because that is a tough one, isn't it? When they're really painful and they need something like infusions, but they're really ready to go home, what do you do? Well, then we can use these longer duration local anesthetics, or specifically Noceta, and it probably decreases the incidence of chronic post-surgical pain too, or CPSP, which is really well identified in humans. And we're starting to see that, yes, animals have that as well. And a big contributor to CPSP is the amount of pain in recovery. And when I say recovery, I don't mean recovery from anesthesia. I mean tissue recovery. So that 72 hours is an important time frame. I just wanted to clarify a little bit about the license use for Noceta and if I am wrong about this, please correct me. From my understanding, Noceta is licensed to be used for incisional blocks for dogs post-TPLO or knee surgeries. And in cats, it's licensed to be used as a local block for the paw. And specifically, it's supposed to be licensed for use for like declawing procedures. Is that correct? You're totally correct. And you're way more precise. So good for you. Yes, exactly right. So it's injected just before closure so that when you make the incision, you don't go through all those liposomes because you might lice some of them, right? And that doesn't create a toxic situation, but it may not last for 72 hours in if you lysed it with your scalpel blade. So specifically at closure for TPLO surgery is what's approval for dogs. And then you're right, cats specifically for peripheral nerve blocks for declaw. And the reason declaw, nobody's advocating that, but it is the orthopedic surgery that the FDA recognizes as painful in cats. And so it's unfortunately used for a lot of analgesic drugs, but nobody's advocating it. They're just trying to get the drug approved so that we use it. Now, you can probably guess in both species, I use it pretty much for almost every block, completely off label. But anytime we're going through the skin, the skin is highly innervated. I love to block the skin with Noceta enclosure, peripheral nerve blocks in both dogs and cats. I think it's very smart to get the drug approved for, for skin in one species and then for peripheral nerve blocks and the other species, knowing that as vets, we're going to cross over. So <laughs> I use it for almost all blocks. Now, the caveat to that is back to how it works. Those, those liposomes releasing that little bit of bupivacaine at a time, you need to put them 
where you want them. So on either side of that incision, for instance, or right over a nerve, for instance, because when we inject regular bupivacaine, it diffuses in a pretty, you know, fairly large area where these liposomes are not. And it's just tiny, tiny bits of bupivacaine. So if it's something like an intraperitoneal lavage, this is not the right drug because those liposomes are going to be floating around the abdomen. I don't know where, but they won't be right at where we caused pain, right? So it needs to be something a little bit specific for us so where we can inject that drug where we want it. And I'm going to say something back to the 72 hours right quick. Yes, it's more expensive than the regular local anesthetics. I can't give it anything cheaper than lidocaine, really, but it lasts 72 hours. I had to come back to that. Sorry, because everybody always says it's expensive. Yeah, 72 hours. So from what I'm hearing from you, you are using it off-label in both species for either incisional blocks where you've like created tissue damage with the scalpel and you're closing the wound and you're using it as an incisional block in that area, or you're also using it as an, a peripheral nerve block. Is that correct? That is correct. Obviously off-label. That's very important to note. Which nerve blocks are using Noceta for like pretty regularly? You know, really, gosh, pretty much all of them. So we do a lot of blocks for things that happen on the foot that aren't D-claws, right? So using that same block that it's approved for, for any surgery on the foot, using it for dentistry. I'm trying to think of a nerve block I don't use it for. I guess I I wouldn't use it if, if there's the chance to block some big motor nerves. Like I haven't used it for the sciatic block yet. I bet other people have, but I haven't yet. We don't want to block the motor nerves, but of course, motor nerves are big and less likely to be desensitized. Would you use it in a tap block? Cause I personally do a lot of tap blocks and I'm curious if you have any experience or know of anyone who's done it for that. Yes. I have not done it yet, but yes, I do know some of our colleagues are doing it for a tap block. So I'm a little curious about this because, so this might shock you, Dr. Grubb, but I actually don't use Noceta very much. And I do a lot of local regional anesthesia in my practice. And I oftentimes am using a combination of bupivacaine, not liposomal, not Noceta, just bupivacaine with some added dexmedetomidine in it. And I recently came across a study, I think it's about a year old now, where they were comparing long-term pain scoring in animals that had either Noceta or the bupivacaine with dexmedetomidine for dental nerve blocks and pain scoring these animals long-term. And they were really seeing no significant difference between the two groups, if I remember correctly. And I don't know if you were familiar with that study or if you can comment on maybe some of the results that were found in that study. Yeah, great question. And I vaguely remember that study, so I can't comment directly. But just to say that I think you and I both probably try to keep up with the literature. And any so you and I both know and everybody knows for every paper that shows something doesn't work, then there's a paper that shows it does. All right. So you know, the body of literature shows that we have good long-term analgesia with the noceta. But like you said, there's some other ways too. adding in an alpha two, we know prolongs the duration of the local blocks. 
And so there's definitely, as long as people are doing local blocks, I'm super happy, however they're doing them. And I love your idea of trying to prolong it in some way, because we know we want that long duration blockade. Obviously, the way you're doing it is a really good choice, too. And, you know, that's something people could start tomorrow if they don't have no seed in their practice. They probably have it out, but they probably have dexmedetomidine and alope and bupivacate. So start tomorrow. Yeah. And people always ask me for a dose, but I usually recommend as far as mixing dexmedetomidine in with bupivacaine, again, not noceta. Like I don't mix dexmedetomidine and noceta. If you have just regular bupivacaine or ropivacaine, this works for either one. I usually do a microgram of dexmedetomidine per mil of bupivacaine. So what I used to like to do is to get like a 50 mil bottle of bupivacaine that's a multi-dosed vial. And then I would put 50 micrograms of dexmedetomidine into that vial, shake it up and label it as like, this is for our local anesthetics. And I would just do all my local blocks with that bottle of bupivacaine or ropivacaine. Oh, I love that. And that makes it easy for everybody. And of course, since we were already talking off label, it's okay that we're also giving compounding advice, right? Because this <laughs> is real life. This is this is how we work. I love that. That's a great way to do it because then, then people don't have to remember to add it or don't have to do the dose every time. Like it's already there in the bottle, the bottle's label that has got dexmedetomidine in it. And that's a great idea. Well, you know, I want to thank you so much because we talked today about something that I'm passionate about. And it sounds like you're also very passionate about. Thank you for having me. It was great fun. And I appreciate it too. I really appreciate uh, Navis and all the education Navis is doing and the, the forum to reach people. We haven't had that in the past. If you like what you heard today, I encourage you to check out NAVAS and consider becoming a member. As a member of the North American Veterinary Anesthesia Society, you get tons of benefits, including access to CE events focusing on anesthesia and pain management, blog posts, fireside chats with board and anesthesiologists, as well as specialty technicians, and just so much more. Visit www.mynavas.com. That's M-Y-N-A-V-A-S dot org to advance your anesthesia journey today. If you have been listening and enjoying this podcast, I would sincerely appreciate it if you could give us a like or subscribe to our podcast, write a review, or simply just tell a friend about this podcast. We appreciate any and all listener support. If you have any questions about this week's episode or the NAVAS podcast in general, Or if you want to suggest topics you would like for us to discuss in future episodes, please reach out to us at education at mynavas.org. We would love to hear from all of you. Also, a huge thank you to our sponsor, DECRA, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Visit their website, www.decra-us.com to learn more about their line of veterinary anesthesia products. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Webster of Chris Webster Productions. Learn how to get your podcast edited and produced by going to propodcastnow.com. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Tammy Grubb, for this insightful discussion on Noceta. If you are interested in learning more about pain management and recognition in animals, please check out the IVA PAM website at ivapm.org. And a huge thank you to all the gas passers out there who choose to spend their time with me today on the NAVAS podcast. 
Becoming a skilled anesthetist is a lifelong journey of learning and self-discovery, so I hope you consider listening in the future. Until next time, I am your host, Dr. Bonnie Gatson, and thank you for listening. I hope you consider joining us later on this month for our in-depth discussion on pain recognition in companion animals. 